Hello and welcome to Rooted and Unwithered. I'm Cole Newton. And as I said last week, the first Sunday of every month, I'm going to be doing a new series called Dead Men Preaching, in which I'm reading a sermon from church history, hopefully making those sorts of things more accessible to people, uh, to be able to listen and glean uh, the wealth of wisdom and insights that um, are still available to us from the past. For the rest of the Sundays of each month, I'll be posting some older teaching series that I previously went through with our church. Um, and since most of those have been digitally, <clears throat> I have some of these recordings already for us. And so in fitting with the sermon from Thomas Watson that I posted last week, uh, the first teaching series that I'll be going through is uh, what our church called the Reading Together series in which we read through a book or two together each year. And so this was the very first one we did. It was uh, over Thomas Watson's book, Heaven Taken by Storm, which is a just tremendous book on um, essentially Christian discipline um, and walking through the disciplines that it takes to be a Christian and how um, we should take the kingdom of heaven by storm. And so what you're going to hear is... is uh, not the first chapter, but instead an introduction um, to the book itself, to Thomas Watson as the author, and also a little bit to the Puritans as a whole, since Thomas Watson was a Puritan. And so um, I pray that this will still be a beneficial listen to you. If you haven't read Heaven Taken by Storm, this is a great opportunity to dive into that tremendous book, which you can find for free on line. And so you can go to um, bcnewton.co and find um, under my teachings tab, you'll, you'll, you can find where, um, where I have all of my collected resources for going through Heaven Taken by Storm together. And so I'd encourage you to read through that. It is a fantastic book. And so I pray that this will be a beneficial listen to you. And so thank you so much for listening. Hello, brothers and sisters. For those of you who are planning to read um, Heaven Taken by Storm together with me, um, I pray that this video will serve as a sort of introduction um, to, to, uh, to Puritans as a whole, to Thomas Watson specifically, um, and then uh, most, partic most particularly to um, this book that we'll be reading through together. Um, and so in, in, in hopefully many places, my blog, the church website, um, email, YouTube description, um, you'll be able to find the reading plan um, uh, week by week of, of uh, and, and, and the different chapters that we plan to go through. And I'll have video slash audio, whichever, wherever you want to, um, to pull this up, uh, discussing some, some particulars as we go through that book, um, chapter by chapter. And so um, let's first discuss a little bit about who the Puritans were, because I think that one of the Good things about reading this book, Heaven Taken by Storm, is it's a very small, um, very, very, very easy to read book um, that serves as a great introduction to reading the Puritans in general, which I believe um, we absolutely need more of today. And so what most people know of the Puritans today typically comes from three sources. And if this still, <laughs> the Scarlet Letter, the Crucible, or sinners in the hands of an angry God, or at least that was my experience with the Puritans. Um, and this kind of leaves people with the general feel. The Puritans were sort of these um, stuck-up, holier-than-thou religious figures. Um, and uh, so many people's um, Im immediate connotation when it comes to hearing the word Puritan is, is, is negative. Um, but it turns out that the Puritans are... 
um, are a, a, a wonderful period of church history for us to uh, learn from and benefit from. And so there's many definitions of Puritans, of, of, of what, ex, what exactly constitutes a Puritan um, and what is Puritanism. Um, and so um, a lot of people would, would, would claim that William Perkins, um, a guy who, who, was, who was born in the 1500s, uh, that he, they call him the father of Puritanism. Um, and then there's some people that would go so far as to say that Charles Spurgeon, who lived in the 1800s, uh, was the was the last great Puritan. Um, though I think that there's people that also say that with Martin Lloyd Jones and all kinds of and all kinds of things of people that are kind of continuing on the Puritan legacy. But I think J.I. Packer um, he gives the best definition of Puritanism. Um, and so he says Puritanism was an evangelical holiness movement seeking to implement its vision of spiritual renewal national and personal in the church, the state, and the home, in education, evangelism, and economics, in individual discipleship and devotion, in personal care and competence. So in other words, <laughs> Puritans were seeking to spiritually renew everything, whether it was national or personal, church, state, home, education, evangelism, economics, discipleship, devotion, pastoral care, and competence. They were seeking to conform the whole of their lives to Scripture and to Christ. Um, and so these, this is the main reason why the Puritans are worth reading, um, is because they were a people who sincerely attempted um, to do all things to the glory of God, whether in word or deed, whether eating or or drinking. And so they are um, absolutely worth uh, taking the time to dive in and to learn from. And so just a little bit of a background of how Puritans came about. Um, so we have to go back to the Reformation, first of all. So the Reformation broke out in um, England when Henry VIII officially broke ties with Rome. Um, so I think that's when a lot of people say that the Reformation truly began there in, in England. Um, and it was uh, his successor, um, Edward VI, though, who officially established the Church of England, um, so the, the 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 official the official Church of England, um, and so after a quick um, after a quick return back to Roman Catholicism under Mary Tudor, after after Edward um, was no longer on the throne, um, Elizabeth brought back Puritan Protestantism um, into England, um, and so this and so Elizabeth reigned from uh, from 1558 all the way to 1603, right? Um, and so it was during Elizabeth's reign uh, that Puritans first began to uh, first began to emerge because um, after the after the the, the reign of, of Mary Tudor, um, who many now affectionately refer to as Bloody Mary uh, because of so the Protestants that she killed in bringing England back to Roman Catholicism. Um, many people had really high hopes that Elizabeth was going to bring England back into Protestantism and, and was going to really separate the Church of England from Roman Catholicism. Um, and, and, and she did bring Protestantism back, but, but the separation from Catholicism was not, ne was not nearly as much as what, uh, as what many believers wanted it to be. Um, and so most of these, these people that, that didn't think that uh, that the that there was enough of a distinction between the Church of England and Catholicism, uh, these people came to be called the Puritans specifically because they thought they were wanting to purify the Church of England. They were wanting to make it more true to Scripture. Um, they were wanting to purify it, right? Um, and so, 
Later on, there will also be another term that kind of gets closely linked to Puritans um, called separatists. Um, and those would be people that would uh, that would no longer just seek to purify the Church of England, but would actually think that the Church of England was a lost cause and would seek to separate from it. Um, but right now, in, in the in the uh, early 1600s, we're, uh, late 1500s, early 1600s, we're dealing with Puritans, right? Um, and so um, the next kind of important monarch for us to jump to um, over over James I, uh, we then move to Charles I, who reigned from 1625 to 1649. And it was at the end of Charles' reign that we get the English Civil War, which for me as an American, um, I do not remember learning about in school, and I probably didn't. Um, but it turns out that was a pretty a pretty significant um, period of history for uh, the English people, um, and it was where Charles led uh, led his army against the Arl- the armies of Parliament, right? Um, and so I and so I guess the American equivalent would be like if the president went to war against Congress, right? Um, and so this was a, a pretty massive thing. The war lasted from 1642 to 1648. Um, and he was, and uh, Charles I was eventually defeated, um, and then he was tried and executed as a tyrant. And so that led um, to a, a brief period of time um, where England was actually not under a monarchical system, but instead was actually was actually a republic. Um, and it was, and it was, and the person who headed that up was Oliver Cromwell, who was who many considered to be a Puritan as well, and he ruled. England as the Lord Protector of the Commonwealth of England, Scotland, and Ireland from 1653 to 1658. And under Cromwell's rule, there was great religious freedom throughout all of England. But unfortunately, the the the, the monarchy did come back, and Charles II, Charles I's son, uh, took the throne, and uh, though he promised to give religious toleration uh, when he when he ascended to the throne, he did not follow through with that. But instead, he issued laws against those who did not conform to the liturgical practices of the Church of England. And it was and on his deathbed, uh, Charles actually revealed himself to be a Catholic. Right, um, and so it wasn't until William of Orange, who was the son-in-law of James II, invaded England at the bidding of many influential British. Um, this was called a glorious revolution. Um, and uh, once he ascended to the throne, he issued the Toleration Act in which religious freedom uh, became more widespread in England. And so why exactly is all of that important? It's because Thomas Watson, he lived from about 1620 to 16, to 1686. And the reason I say about is because we don't really know the exact dates of either his birth or his death. Um, so we don't know if 1620 was the exact year of his birth, and we don't know if 1686 was the exact year of his death, though we're probably a little bit more certain on his death than we are of his birth, right? And so really uh, very little is known about the life of Thomas Watson at all. Um, we do know that that him and his wife um, had seven children, and, um, and, and of those seven children, four of them died uh, in their early years. Um, and another interesting thing about Thomas Watson's life is that um, in 1651, um, so this is uh, so this is after the English Civil War. So um, he was actually imprisoned for being a part of a plot to restore the monarchy back to England, and pl- by by trying to place Charles II upon the throne. 
um, of, 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 you know, after his father had been executed at the end of the English Civil War. Um, and so in a really interesting, and I guess interesting is the right word to use, twist of irony, two years after Charles II did actually become king, this was in 1662, he issued the Act of Uniformity, which led to what the Puritans called the Great Ejection of Nonconformist Pastors and guys like Thomas Watson, um, who refused to follow the liturgical practices of the Church of England that they considered themselves, they called themselves nonconformists. Uh, they were ejected from their churches, and so, um, so the little twist of twist of irony there that he got arrested um, in, in in 1651 uh, because he was trying to put Charles II uh, back. Uh, on 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 the throne of his of his executed father, um, and then in 1662, um, Charles II, he he signs that Act of Uniformity and leads uh, pastors like Thomas Watson to get ejected from their pulpits um, for not for not for not following the practices of the Church of England. And so, uh, so for for uh, about ten years, Thomas Watson just preached wherever he could find a pla- uh, both a place to preach and an audience. So whether that was a farm, whether that was in the in the woods, um, but in 1672 he was able to uh, become pastor again. Um, and so, uh, so be- be- because of some of those things that he went through, we 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 see um, in his writings uh, a testament to this that the scriptures for Watson were not merely an intellectual study, though as we read from Watson, we'll, um, we'll, it'll become immediately clear to us the intellectual um, abilities that the man had. But the scriptures were not a, merely an, an intellectual study, but instead they were the source of life and godliness, right? And after losing so many of his children and after um, having witnessed so much political un rest um, and even and even facing persecution which most of us I think um, uh, would never believe that we could that we could um, that, that we would ever walk through um, it's no no wonder that he clung so closely to the scriptures and the scriptures became so sweet to him and so this book particularly heaven taken by storm that we're going to be reading through um, it was originally called uh, had, a, had had twin titles the Christian soldier or the heaven taken by storm. Um, and so this book is a short manual describing the violence that is needed for a Christian to take heaven. Um, and so uh, this book will give a lot of time to the spiritual disciplines, or we may call them the means of grace. Um, and it is, uh, and because it's, because it does so, it is focusing um, very purposefully on our sanctification. Um, and so, and so, as we read this book, um, one of the things that we should remember is that Watson is in in no ways arguing um, or advocating for salvation by works, but instead he is uh, the the purpose of this book is to detail the good works that we are called to be zealous in once we are saved. He is not calling us to do good works in order to be saved. Right? Any any glancing at his other works will clearly um, will clearly reveal. Uh, the, 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 the orthodoxy of his, of his beliefs in, in the salvation by Jesus Christ alone. Um, and so, but this, this book is a, is a, 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 a wonderful little manual for, for the, the, the zeal and the effort that, is, that, that, that should be expected of us as believers. And so, um, I hope 
hope that that helped things. I hope that um, that the, the presentation of dates didn't get um, too <laughs> overwhelming. Um, and I pray that if you have any interest in reading um, through uh, in, in reading through this together, um, then I pray that our our, our times um, will be sweet as we study through um, this work of Watson almost 400 years ago. So uh, thank you all. Grace and peace. Thank you.